Hi, and welcome once again to Moral High Ground, where I talk about what's morally right to you. Today I'm going to be talking about, well, family. And when I'm talking about family, I'm talking about one specific thing, you know, or specific. My English is bad, don't mock me. Okay, but anyway, so my whole thing is this. I'm talking about family togetherness. Why am I talking about family togetherness? Because I'm always trying to explain that we need to get together. We need to be closer as human beings. And the way we start to get closer is by being close in the beginning when it comes to our family. That's the first thing of humanity that we get to know. It's the first uh, males we get to know, first females we get to know, first group that we get connected with, and first uh, interactions when it comes to parties or family get-togethers or holidays, whatnot. And uh, my whole thing is this, okay? It's like family structure is flawed. It became flawed, I would have to say, in the 70s, you know, with a lot of issues that happened and occurred and a lot of things that separate families. Um, and I want people to understand that this is not a new thing. Families have been separating since the beginning. This is why there's so many of us all over Earth. It's why there's so many different types of uh, Caucasians all over different countries, so many different types of brown people all over different types of countries, so many different types of black folks or people that are considered to be black. Let's just put it that way, all over the world, you know, because everybody's brown, really, so this black and white thing is ridiculous and stupid, but my whole thing is this, okay, so I'm talking about family, I'm trying to break it down to the one point, and even though I just mentioned the whole earth and how people spread across to the whatever in a certain way, the thing about it is the Bible says we're all related, period, point blank. So, with that being said, we're still talking about family, even if we're talking about the earth as a whole. So, my thing is this, okay? Family's been separated, and, you know, the constant thing you always hear is males aren't in the home, males don't stay with the kids, and all this. And the reason why is because, well, the government replaced the males. And the other half of the reason why is there's a pattern getting spread that's been getting spread since the 70s or 80s, I can say, where foster care, CSD, uh, DSH, whatever you want to call them, come in and take children from the home or come in and get involved. They might take the parent that has more financial success and shun that parent, make them look like they're the, the bad person, while the real person is a person that's keeping the kids and that person may be on drugs that person may be um, you know struggling to survive so they might take dances jobs where they're dancers or jobs where you know they're not really succeeding but they're trying their damn best to raise a kid and that's when government steps in and helps put money in the table for them but ultimately the kid sees all kinds of you know flaws the loneliness of the parent brings all kinds of weird relationships in where kids say, hey, this guy that's with my mom isn't right, you know, or this girl that's with my dad is messed up. And 
it's a pattern. And then when it comes to drugs, you know, the kids steady around their parent. You know, they see their parents doing drugs and bringing drugs in. You know, they become, they go from child to grown up real quick. They could be five years old and you'll see the childlike nature fall out of them and a grown up nature come in their mind. And so it's a bad thing. It's horrible. And this pattern gets repeated because once that child grows up, that kid has a, the same lack of, of a connection with someone, so the same loneliness and so other weird, you know, I don't know how you say it, persons of interest will come in and they'll try to be in a relationship with that person, avoiding whatever's going on with the child. And ultimately, it's a bad pattern that keeps going on and on. Same thing with drugs. A kid might have seen the drugs for a long time, might have said to hell with it, but ended up becoming part of it because it was already something it was grown up with, you know, something they seen constantly, something that became unavoidable at a certain point of time, and they decided that they were going to be on this drug or at least try it. And that's the pattern that keeps going on and on with the drug addicts and the prostitutes and all this stuff is a pattern that they've seen from childhood that keeps getting repeated over and over again. And then ultimately when that child has children, the child's children suffers the some, same fate as their parents had with them. They end up making their kids part of the foster system and making their kids suffer more for education and whatnot. And in some cases, they just have a kid with somebody and, you know, this happens and there's, there's people that go out there, have kids with people and they despise the person they had kids with. And so they don't really care about the, helping the kid out because the kid looks just like the person they were with. And so they end up avoiding that person and not giving a damn about that person. And that, that person is ultimately their offspring, you know, and so... It's like, hey, I'm not going to take my time to educate this kid. The hell, he looks like his dad. Or, oh, I'm not going to do nothing for this girl because like, she's just like her mom, you know. And that becomes some kind of psychological problem, I think, where the person goes out and they're trying to find a relationship with the wrong person that ultimately is worse than what their mom or dad would have been. And it keeps going on and on, you know. And so this is the structure and why we have so much conflict right now in society is because this has been going on for over, oh, shoot, 40, 50 years now, where people just go around and they indulge with whatever drug or sexual activity there is, not thinking about the future repercussions of what will happen and not thinking ultimately about trying to succeed in life in a way where it doesn't cause problems for them or the children itself. The family structure has been broken. There's no way for these people to recover in some ways because it will always be passed down. There might be people out there in the foster system that actually want to help these foster kids. Now, the problem with that is, and why I'm going to these people now, is because I've heard some things over the years and people wanted me to help them talk about it openly on platforms like YouTube and whatnot. And there was a girl who had a situation, a woman, I should say, 
and uh, I knew her, I know her, and uh, she had a problem with um, the foster care system taking her kids away and giving it to the father, and the father molests the kids or whatever, and it's a horrible thing, and whatever the problem was with her at the time, you know, she couldn't fight for the rights for her own children, and then later on it became something where, you know, drugs were involved, you know, on both ends or something, and the kids ultimately still stayed with the father because he had a stable job and whatnot, but his structure, his personal life, I should say, made it hard for the kids to survive, and so ultimately, it's a trap, you know, it's anything, I feel like it's prison for kids when they're in a house where there's drugs or, you know, something going on sexually, and they can't get away, you know, and you're stuck there, you're watching, you don't know, you can't afford a house, you can't do anything because you don't have any money, and, and, you know, it's just a horrible cycle, and some of these behaviors people do nowadays when they're grown-ups is actually a form of childish behavior, you know, people like to say, oh, you're being a bitch, or you're being like an asshole, or something like that nature, but really it's childish nature, you know, the frustration, the aggravation, you know, the outlashes of just, you know, fighting with violence and all this nonsense, you know, I can go on and try to say it right and don't know what the hell I'm saying, but it, well, I'm not, I know what I'm saying, but I'm not saying it right. <laughs> anyway, I'm just, my point is this, okay? It is sad. It's beyond sad. It's, it's, it's terrible. It's horrible. And we need an outlet. We need to start changing this situation. Families need to think of a whole new structure. And I know that technology plays a part in making a kid separate from what's going on because they can imagine they're in a video game or, you know, talk to their friends on TikTok or whatever, you know. But it needs a thing where there's loyalty involved. There's a word that's not used that much at all nowadays. People always talk about the L word, love. Love you hear all the time. I love you. I love this. I love that. But do they really love? Do they really understand the true meaning? The concept unconditional love has to be the most greatest love because you love somebody no matter what. So with that being said, unconditional love has to be some kind of point of loyalty because you constantly love that person no matter what happens, no matter what random acts occur, no matter what special person might come in that person's life, you still love that person. And so loyalty is the number one thing. You know, would you die for the person you care for? <clears throat> would you literally die for the person you care for? Would you fight your last breath for somebody that's, that you care for that is being attacked or being threatened or stalked? Would you take someone's life for trying to take your children from you? Would you beat someone down for trying to destroy your father or mother? Would you de devour somebody for trying to blow up your whole kindling in one day? These things are horrible. And yeah, I'm just talking here, but people do this out in society. They do this to people's families. So the thing I'm saying is this. It's time for a family to be strong, to grow strong. If you have a kid and you have a man 
or vice versa. You got a kid and you got a woman. It's time to bring loyalty to that family. You will fight and die and live for those people and no one else. Not yourself, not your country, not even, you know, I'm, I really don't want to say it, but not even for God, if you can't, if God if it stops you from loving your family, then you got stuck. There's people out there with religious beliefs that say that, you know, God over everything and, and God is a big part of everything. But when it comes to God, you have to thank him for helping you have that family. For giving you that blessing. Serve him well, but still have the love and loyalty to your family. You know, it's like joining the military. You are automatically stuck with having loyalty for your country above all else. Above family, above love, above your job, above everything, above your own personal life. You have loyalty for your country. That's the thing that is lost. And the word that is not said in America anymore is loyalty. Loyalty above all else. And if you can have that much loyalty in a military set, then you should have that much loyalty for your family. If your family's suffering and you're a brother and you know your sister's going through hell, you step in, you help with her kids, you help with, give her financial help, whatever it is. Her husband's messed up doing something. You pull his ass, drag his ass out of the bar, bring him home, sit back and help my sister out. You know what I'm saying? Same thing, vice versa. You know what I'm saying? You're a woman and your brother's messing around and you know you're doing this. You go grab him, slap the shit out of him, come back. You're going home with your kids. Go home to my niece and my nephew. You know, you come together. You know, you got a problem. You see everybody's. In a, in a messed up way, you bring them together, have a big family get together, like a Thanksgiving thing, and you socialize, you talk, you enjoy yourselves, you listen to each other, and let everybody have a chance to speak. And if someone got interrupted, you say, hey, you interrupted him, let him finish. Let her finish. You know? And try to build that connection again. Go out and make a sports team together as a family. You know? But above all, don't let your kids your brother, your sister, your aunt, your niece, your uncle, lose family to the DHS, CSI, or not CSI, but Child Protective Services, okay? This is, this is a pattern that is ruining America. There's so many unstable people out there who's been in these situations, and they grow up, and they let these situations constantly continue. The pattern goes down to the next of kin, the next kid, the kid after that, the grandson after that, the great-grandson after that, the granddaughter, the daughter, you know. And it gets messed up because they're so, they're so mind, they're so twisted, they'll end up with the most horrible of people. And we got to break that pattern. If you feel somebody, you see someone feeling like they don't belong or they're not a part of your family, you got to make them feel comfortable as family you got to look at the flaws in your family that you're doing to your to your own kin and break them. If it's something where it's betrayal, you need to break that betrayal. No more betrayal. No more, you know, despising someone because they got more than you or being jealous of them because they achieved something you couldn't or they have a special talent or still. And, you know, you can't 
understand it and you want to, you know, manipulate it for yourself, the hell with that. Maybe if you hang around them and talk to them more, maybe they'll teach you this still. Maybe they'll help you with whatever you want to do instead of trying to be a jealous person and act like you can do something better than them. Jealousy doesn't help anybody. It just makes you look foolish and stupid. And beyond that, it just makes you look really bitter and pathetic. And this is the time to break the mold of all that. If we're going to change society, it starts with the family. It starts with trying to make a connection, finding something that all family can get together and be happy about. If it ain't a barbecue or a meal, then make it like an event. See who's the strongest family member. Make your own Olympic team, depending on how big your family is. You know, make it a thing of knowledge where they sit there and try to see who's the smartest or whatever. And then work with the one that isn't as smart and try to help them get on the level as the smartest one in your family. You know, this is just the way the world needs to work. And the family structure has already been laid out since day one. And the Bible talks about, you know, family more than anything. They talk about a whole bloodline leading all the way up to Jesus, you know, whether you know it or not. Most people are getting to Genesis and, you know, they go, oh, this is old, Jesus wasn't there. But even Jesus himself quoted Genesis and Revelations. And, well, not Revelations, let's just say the Old Testament, okay? Quoted Isaiah. He quoted lots of other prophets. And the thing about it is the bloodline going all the way up is pretty much every patriarch. And uh, I forget how you say the female version of patriarch, but... Still, they tell you, you know, when you talk about, you know, an old Bible, they say, you know, he's the son of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you know, they'll say that. You know, the bloodlines are the, the ones that actually truly felt the presence of God. And so they talk about how women should treat, you know, their husbands. There's a point in their Bible and I used to trip on it, and it would be something to worry would say. And this is my personal study on Bible and other things at the time period of Dark Ages and, and medieval times. Is women would wash their husbands' feet, and their daughters would be there to wash, just to help dry them off and wash them too. And I didn't understand why. It was a thing where I was like, oh, what's the point of this? And then I realized it was the honor of the head of the family, to honor the, the husband, the guy that made it possible for the kids to be alive. You know, the man that works hard day and night. The main thing is your feet hurt so bad. And you all know this, if you work, your feet is killing you. Yep, eight hours. Some of you working 10, 12 hours. I trust me, I've worked them. You know what I mean? And my legs kill the hell out of me. My leg, my feet, everything. But to sit there and say, hey, you know, this is, this is our king. You know, when the man comes home, this is our king. Let's show him we care. Let's, t- let's, let's help him with the thing that hurts the most on him right now. And that's his feet, you know. So they wash them, show honor to the king, they fight their husband, their dad. And by doing so, it shows that you have a connection with God. And the reason why is because God created man. Man, you know, is supposed to be the head of the household and supposed to be the one most connected to God and the family and so it's something that's very important to bring structures back like that the only problem is when you say something like that now you know you got like a feminist movement type of thing 
going on in women's head. Oh, I'm not going to wash a man's feet. What about my feet? What about my feet? My feet hurt. You know, of course it does. But one good one good turn has another. So it's like, hey, you wash his feet. He'll scrub your back, wash your back, you know, wash your feet, whatever, back and forth. But make it a thing of honoring each other. Not a thing of saying, oh, why does she get this? Why did he get that? Who cares? Just try to treat each other with the same courtesy. And try to love each other with the same type of structure. Ultimately, my point of this is, there's. I mean, I can go on with so many other things, biblically wise, with how family works. And so many things, biblically wise, that did not work that made things bad and talk about the particle son where one son wanted wanted inheritance so bad you know and his dad gave him his inheritance and he left and he partied and ended up working in a pig farm and came back and his brother was jealous because he had this giant ring and a pig or a cow or whatever the hell it was and <clears throat> I can go on with multiple other stories like with Lot's daughters and so on and so on and so on but the thing about it is it's so far back to most people that they don't get the concept. And there's people that say the Bible cannot be understood, and I disagree. I understand it very well. Um, the only problem is when you're connected with God and you have that connection spiritually wise, the happiness, that bliss, that joy, that grace, you know, humans ain't as what you think because you want to go out there, you want to help, you want to talk, you want to share. And they'll drag you right down because most people tap to that darkness because it's appealing. It's entertaining. It's attractive. It's alluring. You know, it's everything opposite of how you feel if you get that power of God near you. If you feel that essence of, oh, joy, natural joy and bliss, comfortability in God. You know, but once you get with understanding what man likes, man is, and this is why they say it's the devil's world, it's Satan's world, because everybody's lured by the money, they're lured by the sexiness of a woman, they're lured by the uh, the violence they see, they're lured by the, the bad guy in the movie that makes himself sound cool and got the tight catchphrase that catch people off guard at the end, you know, they're all into this stuff, you know. And it's just like, okay, that was fantasy, or that was good, let's move on. You know, but people don't do move on. They stay stuck, and mentally, a lot of people have identity crisis. And I would have to say that's most of the population. You know, like whenever a new actress comes out, and she's got a new fad or something, girls are quick to jump on it. And then guys want to quick to be jump on whoever they think is the tightest dude, who's the, who's the tough bad guy, or whatever the hell, you know or a player, or whatever, they want to be like that guy, you know, and me personally, you know, i more into being like myself, man, I'm more comfortable, laid back, you can come up and talk to me, don't be afraid, I might look intimidating, it just depends on whatever the hell's going on that day, but I just said, hey, I like you, and I'll be like, okay, cool, <laughs> probably not like that, more lively, like, yeah, you know, talk to me as if I was a child. Anyway, <laughs> my point is this, okay? 
the family structure needs to come back stronger than ever to make this connection work with all of mankind. And it has to start here in America today with loyalty above all else. Loyalty for you and your bloodline and your family and the future bloodlines of your children. It's very important that loyalty above all else, you will fight and die and live for your family. Not for the government, not for the President of the United States, not for the damn bill collectors or anything else, but you will fight and live and die for your family. Okay? This is important, and I will say again, you need to fight, live, and die for your family and your loyalty. We must break the bonds of the foster care system. We must do away with it. We must break the bonds of all these things and have that connection. You know, people don't know how it feels to be in that situation as a child. And more importantly, people don't know how it feels to be adopted as a kid. So they don't understand the feelings that you have inside, the loss, the loneliness, the sorrow, the misery. We must find a way to trap that all in a box like Pandora's box and make sure it never opens. Funny thing, though, Pandora opened her box, and the only things that she was able to grab and put back in there was hope, love, you know, and, like, peace or something. But yet, that's still out in the world, you know. It's been a minute since I read that story, too. Like, Zeus had gave her a box, and then she had messed it up, and they flew away. I think they were bats or something. It's been a minute. Lost the book, but lost it on the stupid Max. But, <laughs> but anyway... My point is this, okay, it's like we need those things, hope and love, happiness, joy. We need this strong connection. We need to feel, have a place where people say, hey, I'm, I feel safer here. I feel stronger here. I have a connection here. And the place where I'm saying here should be the family. You know, kids go off to gangs because their family's unstructured. You know, kids go off to, to war because they, you know, they want to get away. So, I mean, it's different now, nowadays than it was back in the old days. People, people go to war because they actually lived and died and believed in their country. They had loyalty for their country above all else. They say, hey, I'm American. I'm going to go fight for this country. You know, that's changed to where, hey, I'm a badass video game player. I can shoot everything. You know, I hate my dad. Fuck this place. I'm going to war. <laughs> You know, it's like, that's just the messed up way of thinking. But it's the truth. It's how people think nowadays. It's not about the loyalty to our country. It's about, hey, I'm tired of this. I'm going to go do this because I can, I can kill everything on a video game. I'm killing everybody in Metal Gear and, and, and freaking Call of Duty. And yeah, I can go do this. So, no. You want to bring this back. There's no way. I mean, it's easier when a kid is little. To sit there and say, hey, look how cute he is or she is. And then you're like happy because they're like a little kid, you know, like a little animal kind of some, to some people. You know, you have to teach you how to talk. And it's funny when it burps or talks or walks, you know. And even when they're little toddlers, they're walking around and they can talk. It's funny because the little stuff they say catch you off guard, you know, or they beg for something. It's funny. But when they get older... And their brain gets more developed because of the informative years between 6 and oh, 10, I think it is. I forget the, the end line. I think it starts at 6. And it ends somewhere around 10. Maybe 8. 
nine, ten. I don't know. But anyway, the informative years. That's when the kid is watching things, absorbing all the knowledge, getting its own personality, starting to pay attention to things. These years are very important because it will ultimately make the individual they are, no matter what their teenage life is. That's The teenage life is actually when the wickedness types start to come in because they start hating things sometimes. Like, whoa, I hate this. And it becomes overwhelming because they have all this hormones and crap going through them. So they don't know how to react to anything. So most of the time, everything they're saying is truly irrelevant because it's like, you're not that smart, kid. So tell them you haven't lived enough life. This crap you like now is going to be dumb later. The stuff you're doing now ain't going to make no sense to you later. And what you're doing over here is just going to bear the shit out to you in the future. So, <laughs> you know, you got to think about it. You know, me, I had a lot of wildness and I had to learn the hard way when I didn't really have to. People sitting there telling me because everybody knew it was, you know, all the good kid, whatever. But then it's just I started going wild. And half of that had to do with a lot of emotional crap that happened with the, the passing of my mom and stuff. So I was a teenager on my own. And I got emancipated eventually. But the thing about it is, I had to learn the hard way. And I thought I had it all figured out. And, you know, thought I had people figured out. But then you realize, and the kids are so quick to be friends with anybody. You know, you have to learn that everybody's not your friend. You know, and sometimes your friend is your enemy. And your enemy is your friend. And it just goes back and forth and twisted all around. Life is a big mystery a puzzle and a labyrinth that you have to see your way through and the best way is to see yourself through with the people you love and are connected with so with that being said stick to your family and avoid everything else loyalty above all this is moral high ground